Yeah, because the girls would go, mm. He's like, bum, bum, ba, do, boo, boo, do, 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 do. Bum, 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 ba, ba, boo, 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 boo. And then he's like, bum, ba, 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 ba. Today is, uh, we're recording this on January 30th, That's what right by New Year's. On Gemma's birthday. This will release on February 4th. Mm. <laughs> is that her birthday birthday? That's her birthday birthday. So this is one of those unique years where we'll actually have a party on her birthday. Yeah, most people don't usually right. have parties on birthdays anyway. Yeah. yeah. But this and, will be one of those because it works out. And my favorite thing is that since the NFL has moved to 17 games, they delayed the Super Bowl a week so we don't have to have Gemma's birthday. On the, Super on the Super Bowl Sunday, because the Saturday before the Super Bowl was the Diocese youth rally. Youth rally. Yeah. So there was no way we could do both. And it was like, ugh. But what I love is that, like, GV understands people and says, we can't have a, Super- a party on Super Bowl Sunday. Nobody will come. Or if they do come, they will be coming out of spite. <laughs> so it's like, we're going to have a birthday party at... 9 a.m. <laughs> exactly. Like you got you go to mass, you go to Gemma's birthday party, then you go to the Super Bowl. That's it. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, we got lots of things that that went on for for the new year, right? Did you? How was your How was your Christmas vacation and all the things and what's going on this new year, Neil? Do you have any New Year's resolutions or or themes or anything like that? Did you want? No, I really don't do resolutions. <laughs> Because then it's kind of like, yeah, I want to lose a few pounds. And then it's like, yeah, but nobody does that. You got to make it super vague so that way it's accomplishable. Oh, yeah. I want to uh, <laughs> oh, be better. I want to be, be better. I want to be a better me. You've got to do better. Um, Christmas was good. We had um, Lisa's parents came out for the week. And then uh, her mom stayed for a few more weeks after that. But then Christmas Eve... I don't think I went over this whole thing on my 85-minute diatribe about uh, growing up in my family's Christmases. Hope you guys enjoyed that, <laughs> even though David has to put warning labels. I didn't at, put warning labels. At the 55-minute mark, turn it off. <laughs> That'd be funny. People are like, there's still two hours left in this podcast. <laughs> I put chapters. <laughs> like it's an old DVD. And the last chapter is called The Whiskey Hits, and then it's two hours long. <laughs> I know. I have to watch out for that. Because it was like the Halloween episode is like, let me tell you another thing about Halloween. Yeah, I was falling asleep so hard. You were, you were like literally asleep sitting up. I could, if you, if, I should have just locked myself out. It just kept going on and on. And yeah. then the problem with that is I kept saying, I think I, I got to reiterate this like a wrap up. And then when I listened to it, I'm like, oh, jeez, you're just repeating yourself. That's the whiskey talking. Uh, whiskey talking. Anyway, go back to okay, the story. Sorry. So, well, what we've been doing for the last few years is Lisa and I will host um, my mom's side of the family, and most of them live in Vegas, and some come into town. And our my mom's side, like I said before, traditionally did Christmas Eve, so now that's kind of my thing. And then what we'll do is on Christmas Day, we pretty much spend with Lisa's parents. Yeah. So they'll be there for... Um, you know, my side of the family's thing because I'm not going to like kick them out or something, but <clears throat> so they're there for that. So it's kind of fun. And, you know, we get together and we, you know, 
we eat and stuff, but to fit everybody to eat together, I like totally take apart like my couch and everything inside my dining well not my dining room what is it my living my family room right. slash breakfast nook part of the kitchen all that stuff goes into the uh, the couch goes into my dining room and i move the dining room table in and then the other tables that we have in and then it's just this gigantic yeah the picture looked great with like the the, the extended tables however many how many tables was that put two, together it's two round tables that uh-huh. are real and then one big um folding table right in, in the, the middle, middle right yeah, so it's like a dumbbell. It looks like a dumbbell, yeah. kind of. Yeah, I thought the, I, the pictures look great. Like it just it looked like a real put together family meal type thing. Like this is like everybody, and we're all here. It looked awesome. And then I realized, like, I kind of don't need that many seats because when we serve everybody, we don't serve like family style. We go in the buffet line. So then the problem is the kids eat first, and then they're all done, done before by. the last person's done. <laughs> so there's always like four seats empty. It's like, oh, I could. We had twenty, twenty people or so. So really, only sixteen were eating at once. <laughs> but yeah, I I try to take pictures and put it on Facebook so that I can always go back and look at them yeah. and be like, oh, that's what we did that year. We yeah. had three tables, <laughs> and now with this big one, and then I even moved the TV over to get a little extra room and everything. So, but that was fun. We had that, and then you know, New Year's we did nothing really, you know, and then it's just been you know pretty chill. Yeah, ours wasn't chill. Yeah, I know. You're waiting for this. <laughs> Ours, You're like, screw Christmas and New Year's. I'll tell you this story. Ours was really traumatic. So the well, <laughs> first thing was that my my grandmother went into um, hospice care. Like she had a she was having a real bad time in Florida. And so she went into care and uh, my parents flew out to go and see her. And there was no way I could get out because of life and all the things that were happening. It was like just a couple of days before Christmas. I was like. There's no way that I can go out to Florida and then make it in time for all the Santa things, right? And then so um, they go down there, and they almost get stuck there. And so I got put in charge. Oh, because of all the flights that were canceled? all the flights that were canceled. This was the wildest thing. I don't even know if we talked about this, but like – so my mom put me in charge of all the food for Christmas Day. She was like, you, you just here's all the stuff, and you can just cook all the things, which I was excited about because, you know, I've always wanted to do like a, um, like a prime rib, like a real fancy one, and then – so I got to cook it. We were thinking of doing that on Christmas Day, too. Yeah. But it's like, it was either, and this was just for the small group, like yeah. Lisa's parents and us. And then it's like, Lisa's like, she's like, I could get $100 worth of prior. I know, right? Yeah. But there's only four adults. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, this was the thing. Is like we had the big old prime rib. I did the twice baked potato. I did the um, the uh, chocolate mousse. So I did the the all the things. Right? Did your sister come back? Was your sister in town? Rose? No, she wasn't in town. Oh. No, she wasn't in town for this. Um, but Reese was. So, so she came over. But the wild thing was, is my parents' flight was supposed to be on Christmas Eve. It got canceled, and so they we were scrambling to try to find flights. And I found our flight out of Orlando, so she had to drive two hours south from Jacksonville to Orlando, and it was a layover in St. George. And so she flew Saint George, Utah. There's a lay. No, sorry, not uh, Provo, Provo, Utah. My bad. Oh, I'm even surprised that there's that. I know, right? But like, like, I would have thought Salt Lake or nothing. I know. But you're like St. George. I'm like, what did they take a? Yeah, You ever seen the movie The Rescuers? I, That's I, what I almost <laughs> say, Bud. Read the checklist to me. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Goggles down. Check. A uh, wing flaps down. Check. Tail feathers. Double check. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. 
And here we go. Anyway, so they landed in Provo, and they're and they're supposed to take the layover to Vegas and Provo, but that got canceled. So they were stuck in Provo, and I'm like, well, can you get a rental car and then drive down? And like, well, that's a six hour drive. My dad, and I'm not sure my dad would have been able to do that, but and it's winter, and it's winter, and so um, they did find a rental car, and so they were able to drive to St. George, where Marisa was able to catch up. My my younger sister drove up to St. George to pick them up and drive them home the rest of the way. But wait. Drive them home? Wait, were they able to leave the rental car in St. George? Yeah. They, they have rental car places in mm-hmm. St. George? They sure do. So they dropped them off the, they dropped <laughs> off the rental in St. George. We're so Vegas where it's like, St. George has people in it. <laughs> I was like, even get a U-Haul truck or whatever, right? And so they- I've heard about that. When <laughs> rental cars were so much, people were renting U-Hauls yeah. just to get around town. Exactly. And then so they got that. And um, they I got a text from my mom about 2.30 in the morning whenever GB and I were getting to bed. You know, So it was like right at perfect time. And they came over for did all the Christmas things and the Christmas dinner, and that was really nice. And then on December 29th, we went to bed, and we woke up, and we had three inches of water covering our entire floor downstairs because a hot water valve burst on the kitchen sink downstairs. Flooded the, Is it what's under the sink? It's what's under the sink. And so it flooded the entire downstairs, like – everything and so all the rooms and we opened that it was the wildest thing because it's that, like a cartoon you open up the doors and the water just rushed out and so like that was that was insane um that amount of water i had been running for hours uh, gv and i went to bed about 10 o'clock that night the night before got up at 5 a.m and we opened the door we heard like a waterfall and we're like oh my goodness and ran straight downstairs found where it was going i thought maybe i could just turn off a valve but i had to go turn it off at the street and yeah. so uh but it was uh it was a lot of water and so um we currently still don't have a house and it's <laughs> it's january 30th right is that yeah, what it's it about was? a yeah. month yeah we are recording live from an airbnb from an airbnb that we finally got into after staying in, in a hotel room for three weeks or four weeks and uh and now we're here and then on the first my grandmother died and so we she was on in the hospice. first I know, on, the, on the first it was. I, I was say it was funny because um, Pope Benedict died on the thirty first, and then my grandmother. Dies. Oh, really? He died on the New Year's Eve. Yeah, and then my grandmother dies the, the, the day after that. And I'm like, oh, she had she had to give him his day because <laughs> otherwise, She's like, no, the Pope, <laughs> the Pope, the Pope needs his day. Was she in? But she was in hospice for what, like a week? Just about a week. Yeah, maybe a week and a half. Was she like coherent and stuff, when your parents went. Well, part of it, yeah, she was okay, very much that's so. Good. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to sound like crude, but I know there's that point when they're just not coherent and you fly across the country just to watch them sleep. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, because I remember when my uncle was in a hospice and my dad was, and it, it sounded a little like, I don't want to say crass, but it was just like, he was just kind of like, well, is he coherent at all? Right. You know, like, because I don't want to drive down there. Right. If he's not even going to know I'm there. And then, you know, then go home and then what, come back down for the funeral. For the funeral, like a week later, because, well, he was in L.A. and Dad was out here in Vegas. So, And I'm like, I kind of understand that. Like, yeah. you know, but it also is weird because, like, when I saw my dad in hospice, he was asleep the whole time. So, I mean, that was a way you could say goodbye, but it was still like you not really say goodbye. Right. It's for you more than it is. At yeah, that point, it's, it's for, for you. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, they, what was nice is, like, and we've got, we've got some video. I'm like, how's this woman in hospice? Because some of the times like when she would come on, on the video, she's like, she looks great, and she's talking. And I'm like, she looks like she's doing all right. And then, like, yeah. Eh, they should be checking her out. Right? I know. <laughs> like, maybe she'll just dehydrated or something. The nursing, <laughs> nursing home wasn't get, taking get, care get of her. Get that, yeah. uh, get that IV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, uh, but sure enough, she dies on the first. And so I flew out there uh, for the funeral. 
Oh, when did I go out there? Like January 7th or 8th or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it was somewhere around there, and I flew out there for that. You're only gone for like a day or so, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, it's just been a whirlwind. I don't even know where January went. Well, yeah, because you were displaced and. Yeah. So that's, that's what's happening in the Hall House, which is why we're drinking. (laughs) All right. What are we drinking? We are drinking the, uh, uh, Glenn Morangi, which is definitely not how you say that, but, uh, um, it's a scotch. Um, single malt, ten year, courtesy of Jeff Eichelberger, a fan of the show and friend. And uh, yeah, this is this is actually really good. Um, it's it's a lot sweeter than I thought it was going to be. Uh, what do you think, yeah. Neil? It's very tasty. Yeah, uh, almond and creamy vanilla. Yeah, it's uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's got that citrusy in there too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the honey. It's a honeyed sweetness. That's definitely what that is at the very beginning. Yeah, there's enough stuff in it that there's I, a lot going on. It's like you know the scotches you take when. You can actually taste the wood. Yeah. <laughs> so this, like, takes a little bit of that harshness off the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that sweetness. Yeah, it's, it's really good. <clears throat> Very enjoyable. Um, yeah, so what do you want to talk about? Oh. Oh, you know what else, too? Yes. Sorry. No, I go. think it's better to put it here than at the end. That sounds good. <laughs> I've been really <laughs> – I've been doing this passion project recently that it's, like, it's totally nerd central. And the problem is you won't understand really much of it because you don't sports. No, I don't sports. I know. I hate it. But, <laughs> and it's, like, I need to find people who are, like, really into college football. Because, oh, yeah. like, when I explain it. That's even it, less sports for me. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> but have you ever heard of relegation? No, not even a little. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what to relegate means, but what's relegation in so, sports? So um, they do this in, like, soccer in Europe and stuff a lot, is you have, like, your highest league, and the idea is the lower teams that don't do well, they get relegated to the next league. Oh, yeah, lower. I do know about this because okay. I, you know, uh, because I watch um, um, that. Laszlo? Yeah, Ted Lasso. Ball! Ball! Give me the ball! I want the ball! Give me the ball! I would like the ball, please! Because their their team got relegated because they didn't they didn't win their um, championship game or whatever. It's yeah. There's well, usually it's not even close to that. It's you're the bottom, so yeah. it's like the bottom three teams or something. Or sometimes what they do have is like a playoff system to knock it. So instead of getting to to win this little set of playoffs. To get a championship, it's just to go back to not where you yet, were to go to three, not get dropped. To not get dropped. Yeah. <clears throat> so they have stuff like that. So and then I've I've looked up this stuff in like soccer in England. They've got like you know fifty levels of this. Yeah. So because it's intense. Yeah, but yeah. when you get down to like the lowest level, you're talking about like your your rec league YMCA teams. Or yeah, something. but some of those teams are like tied to like a village and been there for like hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, right. That, that, no, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what's fascinating about that stuff. I find exactly. that really interesting. So you have a lot of those things, but it's just like if you were like in your, you know, not even like your Henderson Rec League, it'd be like, uh, we'll be in like the Sunri- Sunridge Heights right, <laughs> little exactly. league. Yeah. But the idea is then you win, and then that moves up to like the All Green Valley kind of thing to win. <laughs> to get. But the idea is someday you get to like the national thing. So I've taken that model and I put it to college football because there's something going on right now on college football, which is funny because there's like two conferences who are kind of like taking the better teams from the other conferences. So there's supposed to be five big conferences. And one of them took like the two big money makers and well names and better teams from another one. And then now that other one, which was already lost a few, a few years before is now like, Oh, there's, 
These are not, these are kind of like okay teams. It's the B squad now. Yeah, it's kind of the B squad. But then the thing is to make it get its numbers back, they threw three or four, they put in four C squad teams to make them B squad teams. So it's it's like creating relegation by itself naturally? Kind of. In a sense, it was like, hey, you two are getting promoted because you got money and and clout. And then the other, then there's another, so that's the the conference in the South. So they kind of took like the one from like Texas in the Great Plains area. They took their two better teams, Oklahoma and Texas. But then the team from like the Great Lakes states, the Big Ten, they took the two LA teams, which has nothing to do yeah, with geographically. Yeah, I was going to say that's a but big leap. You are also taking a giant, a big market of Los Angeles with you, and they're two better teams. USC is a really good, you know, historically a really good team, and UCLA is a pretty good. But would they be considered seats team? Seat? Team no, they would have been. B plus teams oh, or so independent UCLA has been like as low as a C or high as an A, but <clears throat> like USC is usually consistently an A, but they've been down. But the, all the thing too, is you're getting a market. So you're getting the LA market and they took both of them. So there's the thing is if they took one, you'd take a proportion of the LA TVs, but now they took both. So they got all the LA TVs. Gotcha. So, and then you use that to get in your mar- your, your gotcha. TV contracts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. So now that's gone. And then they're like, well, now that's gone. They move the Pac-12 down to the Pac-10. And what if Washington and Oregon or something leave? And then there's more teams going away. And you're like, well, now you'll just have these giant. And they pretty much talk about it. you got these two giant super conferences. And then you're going to have the other three conferences or so are going to be like eh, minor league. So that there's, you know, and then there's the five lower conferences. So the little league. Which is Little League, <laughs> right. But the biggest of the five little conferences is probably just going to be as big as the three small, you know, the ones that used to be the big conferences. Right. And now you're going to have like, so it looks like you're going to have two big ones, five middle, four middle ones, and then f- four baby ones. And, and so yeah, are you creating your own system of this, yes, essentially? That's so funny. <laughs> and I used it. And then I even, this is going to be bad podcasting, but <laughs> no I actually way. have... Like you drew a diagram or something. Oh, or, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. You All right, he's got his iPad, which is which is hilarious. Later. I have multiple spreadsheets, but I found a website that rates all the the conferences through through a ranking, all the teams one through one thirty one, and then I use those to figure out which ones I want to rate. And then over the years, what I did is, I don't have it on this one, but I have a tab from everything from 2010 to now. So I took the lowest rated ones from each conference and drop them and pick them up. Because now what we're talking about in real life, they're talking about these two big conferences. But in the conference, there's teams that have been there for 100 years, which used to work out because it was a geographical thing. But now that it's more of like, hey, we're just going to put a bunch of cool teams in well then why the heck should these little teams that never do good win the benefits get the financial reward and all that stuff if they never really put forth the effort or or do a good job yeah. so i'm like they should get rid of these teams like ruckers and you know you know they picked them because they thought they were gonna get a new york market but new york market doesn't really watch a lot of college football and they don't care about a new jersey team well, that's probably why their team sucks there's that too <laughs> so but the fact is, I'm like, those teams don't deserve to be there. They should be kicked down to the lower level. And then other teams move up. So I made these two giant teams, and here are the four little ones, and here are the other ones. But then with this one, this was this year, I literally updated it every right. week. Holy crap. 
with the different rankings. See how good everybody did. Yeah. And then I'll do that over the years. That's funny. And then I even <laughs> and then I even set up a thing where I figured out the scheduling. So I said, Well, if they're gonna be in these things, this is the way the scheduling should work. And then I was trying to figure out the T V ones, like which games would be on which channels at what time, based on somewhat of what we're doing now. And then there's still bowl games. So how would we still keep bowl games in this setup? And then I figured out a way to do that and all this stuff. So I've been kind of slowly working on all this stuff over the whole year. Hey, who's responsible ultimately for college football? Like who's the national, who organizes college? There's football? not one big giant national not, thing because okay. it's more of a conglomerate of uh, independent it. city states of the different conferences yeah. kind of run their thing. And then, so that's what you need to start. You know, open up the national college football league of America. Kind of. So I've come up with it. It's called the NRL, the Neal's Relegation League. <laughs> That's funny. There you go. And my buddy Adam, his wife, calls it the Not Real League. That Not Real Because it's not real. No, it's not real. So, but, but, I mean, neither is fantasy football, but here we are. Yeah, exactly. But what's funny is, so it gives another little twist to it, too, because I'll watch some of these games or something, and I'm like, ooh, you know, if Louisville keeps winning, they can move up to the next level. <laughs> you know? But it's all based on some rankings I found on a website. So they have this website that just ranks it every time. So yeah. I found that they had rankings going all the way back to like 2000 or something. Nice. So And it was consistent because I'm finding all these different rankings on all these different websites, but I haven't found one that stays consistent over all the years. All you need to do is figure out a way to make money off of this. I know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you have your own little business. Yeah, exactly. But this, it's, is, this is essentially fantasy football. Kind of. Right? But at a well, college level. Yeah, but level. there's no way to... But it's not a way to compete with it with fantasy That's football. That's you got to figure out a way to compete with it because then people will give you money for it. <laughs> I know. I was thinking of talking to Vincent to making a website. Yeah, exactly. But right? I don't know what to do with it other than having people go on it. But I guess if we get enough hits, I could say, hey, throw those little ads that piss people off. Because <laughs> I did find another one called What If Sports that does things where they you can do a thing where it simulates games. And you can do it throughout time and stuff. But I just used all the same teams for the same year. Because like I told you, I came up with my schedule. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these teams don't play the teams that I would have them play. Because one problem with college football is you have your big teams like Alabama or something, and they'll play somebody like Tennessee Martin. And it's like, nobody wants to see that. And I know why they do it, because it's an easy win. You know what, you know what I just thought? You know what you should do with this? Um, what is the, uh, what's the name of that AI that everybody's playing with right now? I know what you're talking about, the one that comes up with, with, with sentences. Yeah, or like full-on uh, papers. Like people could write their undergrad stuff yeah. on this and no professor would even know, right? <laughs> but you should put that in there. Like um, put in what if there were regu- – um, uh, develop a scenario for um, relegation leagues for college football and see what happens with that because let's see what it does because it will spit out something. It so, might, yeah. Yeah, this thing is pretty, it's well, pretty impressive. Well, that's the thing. I found out that that one website that that simulates games. Yeah, I've seen exactly. people on vi- on videos like YouTube videos where they kind of do the same thing and they use video games to do it because you can simulate games in video games. But I was doing this because then it's not just the regular games. I kind of I don't know. Maybe they can do it. But like I came up with a schedule and stuff like that. So I kind of waited at the end of the year. I was able to use a team that so we know how good they are for the whole year. And I just plugged in the teams that they would have played right. on my schedule to see how it is. And some of them come up with very similar, you know, records that they would have anyway. So things like that. And some are like crazy, like, wow, they would have killed it. But then again, I have teams that are bad teams in lower level. So a team like a Stanford, which is in the higher league, mm-hmm. 
Well, they did bad, but they're playing better teams. So if I put them in the third level, they're going to be great. They were much better. Yeah. And yeah, they won like that, that league according to the simulation program that yeah. I found. Yeah. So it's kind of neat. And then you can make money off the simulators. You can say, who's going to win? You know? Well, the sim- yeah, yeah, because that works. Because you can hit it and it's five hundred different things. Because if you click the button like that's true times, too many times, yeah. Because I've done that, I've clicked it, and it's like, well, that team won thirty times, you know, or something. But that's always the thing that they used to say about stuff, like when there's ever these great upsets and stuff in these one and done situations, like football or college basketball or something, and they'll be like, that team would have beat that team. Nine times out of ten, just this is the day that it's the, the one, one time. Yeah. And then if you run some of the simulations, you can see, oh, well, really one, one, nine out of ten or something. <laughs> but it's kind of neat. So, like, I did this whole thing. The only problem is I don't know anybody really geeky enough to really enjoy it. I talked to our friend Gerard. Oh, yeah, he would be waiting that way. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty into it. He's not a big college football fan, but he kind of knows sports <laughs> enough. So we talked about it on when we went out one time for the national championship game. Yeah. You know, Vincent might actually be really into that, too. He like, was kind of into yeah. it when I first told him about it. Yeah. So I, I first told him, and I, I shared it with stuff. But I haven't seen him in a bit because we haven't had uh, softball because we took the winter off. Oh, gotcha. Because we didn't want to play over the holidays. And then we also didn't want to play. Then everything was supposed to start, like, three weeks ago. And we are like, no. Because last year we went, played over the holiday, and I swear we had all the eight 8.30, 9.30 games. And it was, like, always, like... 38 degrees and windy. Oh, man. And then yeah. there'd always be, like, nine guys who'll come, and you can't get a 10th guy because everybody's like, I'm not going out at ten at 8 o'clock till 10.30 right. in the freaking cold and wind. No yeah. way am I going to do that. Not for sports ball. Not for sports ball. So it was kind of like, <laughs> uh, so, like, half the games we played were undermanned, and it was freezing. <laughs> so I think we just took the whole this whole next season, and we might start up again in March or something. Nice. So... The problem is then I don't like talk to half these guys I usually talk to. So I haven't talked to Lang in yeah. I don't know well, how he'd long. He'd be into that too because he likes college. He's really into college football. Yeah. yeah. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to Vincent really, maybe very little. And, you know, I barely even talk to my cousin anymore. It feels yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you stop those those regular <laughs> things. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I haven't met up with anybody really at all either since, like, all the stuff. Like, we haven't even gotten together, like, well, we've we tried got, to because we, we had you guys, you guys over. Twelfth night thing, and, uh, that was yeah. Fun. We had you guys over for Epiphany and everything, and then um, what was it last weekend? I don't remember. Yeah, it was last weekend. Oh yeah, we had we you guys over. over the house. Yeah, that was nice too. Yeah, because Lisa's like, we should have the halls over. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we should. And it's <laughs> it's bad when it's like, oh, we should have them over. Those poor. I dears. know that's, that's, that poor family, that poor displaced family who has no place to stay except for this yeah, we'll hotel them, room. We'll get them some food. <laughs> Put it in a basket with bread. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very much that. It was so funny. I was like, oh, at least it feels bad for us. <laughs> yeah, but it was fine because it was a good excuse. And then it's like, they can't say no. I know. Because like, they'll be gonna... like, let's get out of this day. This whole... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, yeah, we needed, especially poor Isaac. Isaac hated that hotel room. Well, it was a suite though, right? It was but a suite. It was pretty much just. It's still not big. Studio, not a, bigger than a studio apartment, but not much. Yeah, yeah, still not big. Yeah, yeah. family out. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's five of us, and then yeah, you, you have Isaac having therapy with a in-person sitter, and then in-person therapist. And Isaac never left that room; like he was trapped in there all the time. Oh yeah, poor guy. He hated it. He's back here. He likes this. This uh, this is much bigger space. So this is a house. Yeah. <laughs> Are the boys sharing a room here? 
Actually, all three of them are because it's an Airbnb, and so one of the rooms was set up with uh, two sets of bunk beds. But there's other rooms the kids could have picked, but they all wanted that one. That's it's, cool. So they're all in there. So uh, Gemma and Joel picked the two bo- top bunks, and then Isaac gets the choice of whichever bottom bunk he wants. And he just goes back and forth. So. It's like, I'm going to put my stuff in this bunk. <laughs> and then I'm going to sleep in this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, interesting experience when I went to Florida. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to talk with my cousin, and um, he was like, like not not wanting to convert to Catholicism. I don't think, um, but but interested in it because he's a uh, um, evangelical or comes from a non denomination. Oh, because he's from the south, the south where they don't really look. He's a white guy too. Yeah, they from don't the look. South. Yeah, from the south, and they don't look kindly on us Catholics. <laughs> um, normally, but my family's pretty cool. But uh, um, but he was uh, talking about. Uh, um, having questions that his faith couldn't answer and, and looking a little bit at the Catholic Church, listening to Pints with Aquinas. You ever listen to Pints with Aquinas or you know that, that podcast at all? Yeah, but you should tell the Oh yeah, yeah. That's tell, what, <laughs> tell the uh, audience about it. Of course, yeah. That's like Matt, if I've never heard of it. If you've never heard of it. That's Matt Frad's podcast. It's uh, um he's a famous Catholic speaker guy. Um and he started this random podcast called Pints with Aquinas. The idea was like if you get to have a, a beer with um, St. Thomas Aquinas, what questions would you ask him? And so he started the podcast doing that, but then it evolved into this like um, thing where he interviews a lot of Catholic people, a lot of non-Catholic people, a lot of people that convert to the faith, and and they really they handle like uh, complex um, subjects, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, like Thomas Aquinas would, and so he had been listening to that show a lot, and and uh, you know finding out that hey. We're not crazy, <laughs> you know. We have reasons for the things that we believe. Our, you know, our our faith is is sound in scripture and sound in logic. And so, um, he was finding it very interesting. And he and then he told me like one of the barriers that he has is the idea of the papacy still and the and the um, authority of the pope. So I thought that that was interesting, and I wasn't sure if you wanted to to talk a little bit about that or or if say you, it doesn't affect your day to day job. It's like. just <laughs> that's not. That's remember. Um, I don't know. It's how, not like he's bucking on. It's not like Mussolini or something. Well, that was a real, remember. Whenever you don't remember, whenever because you weren't dead, remember, or you weren't alive. I but, wasn't dead. Yeah, but I hope um, not to be when the, the whole Kennedy thing. Whenever he was running for president. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, he's going to take orders from Rome, mm-hmm. and that was a big thing. Yeah, we didn't do that with Biden no. this time. No, nobody thought that Biden. Nobody even thinks that Biden's actually Catholic, except for when he wants to be, or when they tell you, <laughs> or when he tells you he needs to be. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that that was interesting. The Pope, the the thing about the Pope is apparently a, a lot more of a hurdle for people to the faith than I kind of thought it was. I kind of thought it was really low on the totem pole for like hurdles, but he's not the well, first person. What are they worried about that he's just going to be like, all right, all you guys? Well, I don't think it's the so much the worry of that. I think it's the the idea that um, this guy is supposedly uh, infallible and leads Jesus' church, right? And I think that that's I think if most people when they think of the the Pope, they think of like. Oh, this is the um, this is the guy who makes up all the Catholic stuff, right? And I think that's what most people think of the Pope. And I think that concerns people who are who are genuinely looking at the faith and be like, "Well, I don't want it to be like this thing that makes sense coherently to me today." And then some random Pope coming, and all of a sudden, it's not going to make sense tomorrow. Changing all the teachings or whatever. Should we like show the track record how often the Pope does that? I know. Go ahead, Neil. <laughs> What's the track record of how? I don't know what eighteen hundreds or something. <laughs> yeah. Is well, this Assumption of Mary kind of stuff? Was well, the yeah, last well, time? Even then, that's that, you're talking about an ex cathedra statement. That's going to be like only. Well, depending on some of these statements, people weigh and they'll they'll measure these all differently. But like 
the one, there's only like two where people don't dispute that those are ex cathedral uh, st- statements. The first one was before ex cathedral was a thing, which is the um, what was that the Assumption of Mary or the Immaculate Conception? I get the two mixed up. Well, that's what I was oh. kind of pointing at. All right, one was in the what eighteen just prior to Vatican one. So what would that be? Wait, doing? I thought Vatican one was like the sixteen hundreds, wasn't it? No, that's you're thinking Trent. Yeah. Where am I doing that? I don't know. Why are you doing that? Stop Shut thinking Trent. Where's your phone? We're going to look up some dates for you people because we did not prepare ourselves. And nobody here is good with dates. Actually, Neil's pretty good with dates. I usually am. But, uh, or else I'll totally screw it up and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're watching yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame the other day. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, this is like 1800s France. France and then yeah. I was like, no, it's not. It's 1400s France. <laughs> the book's from 1800s. <laughs> the book was written <laughs> about the yeah. About the 1400. <laughs> oh. So look up. Uh, so I'm like, there's no guns in this. Why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. This is why we need a, this is again why we need a producer. So we should look up the, uh, the date of Vatican I and then the dates of the Immaculate Conception and the uh, Assumption. So, okay, so you said uh, 1868 for Vatican I? Yeah. All right, 1854 was the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception was put in. So even before, like, Vatican I, I, which, like, was the highest of, of Montanism or Ultramontanism. Or, well, but, I mean, I remember that Montaigne's the or, Immaculate Conception, Assumption of Mary, that whole Marian thing was all 1800s, and that when people are like, oh, Pope's going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. He can't be telling us what to do. Yeah, that was that he was. He can't make Conception. us go to church on the, the 8th. <laughs> And the fifteenth. <laughs> well, the fifth. The assumption was later. That so that was in the what? Well, when, when was that? Was like the nineteen forties or fifties or something like that. Nineteen fifty, right on nineteen fifty. Wow. So uh, nineteen fifty was was the assumption, and then nineteen fifty four or no eighteen fifty four, like almost a hundred years later. Or 100 years prior to was the Immaculate Conception. You know, that Immaculate Conception is our national holiday, is our national, um, I want to say saint, but it's not a saint, but it's our, it's a United States. Oh, really? Like, that's like our patron of something? Our patron, yeah. Our patron of the United States. Neat. The only one that I know is the patroness of North America is Our Lady Guadalupe. Well, yeah, for the the Americas. The the Americas, right? For North and South. Oh, North and South. That makes sense. Yeah. But then, so then Immaculate Conception is like a a patroness of just the United States. Yeah. That's kind of neat. That's that's actually why we have, that's a day of obligation because it's an American thing rather than just a churchy thing. Also, if you know the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Mm -hmm. D.C., It's our national cathedral. Yes. That's why that's that. Oh, okay. So, I mean, America was already America for, you know, close to a... years. Well, close to a hundred years. Not even a hundred years yet. Oh, yeah, not even a hundred years yet. Well, yeah. I mean, we were already colony for over... Yeah, I mean, we started out as colonies before that, but yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. When were we like... Because, I mean, 1776 is when we signed Declaration of Independence, but, like, we weren't, like... America, America yet for until what, like early 1800s or something? Oh. I don't even know how that's how, how I wouldn't even know why would you consider it early, early America? Are you just talking about the end of the Revolutionary War? Yeah, because I mean, you're okay. still technically you're still part of England, right. and even though you, you signed a piece of paper, and, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I could sign a piece of paper and say my house is not part of the United States <laughs> anymore, and, right? So you broke the shackles of the United uh, of the, uh, the, the government, of, yeah. <laughs> The tyranny of the state of Nevada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> well, what does that end? That that ended in like the what 1780s though, like 1780. What was a uh, Yorktown, right? 1780 something. Um, and we really suck at this. Yeah, we do. We should really look at these dates before we start throwing them out there. I'm going to say, hold up, as you're looking at uh, 1783. 1783 is when we end the revolution. That's my guess. Is your is because essentially the Battle of Yorktown, right? That's what that's what kind of solidified that for us. Uh, whoa, September 1783. But did I get it right? <laughs> September 3rd. <laughs> I got a date right. Not bad. <laughs> let's look at Washington's presidency. Yeah, see, I was like, I, I I used to be good at U.S. history, and then like I I got really into Catholic stuff, and U.S. history seemed so minor, <laughs> and so I stopped remembering all the dates and things. Okay, here you go. Washington was president from 1789. So is that what you're going to count as the? Uh, yeah, the we birth can of count America? that or whatever when he, when we start having a president stuff. Yeah. Okay, so it's still all right because yeah. yeah, So March fourth, 1797. That was the old inauguration day. It probably was that because it took you probably it took from November to March to count all count the everything. votes yeah. because he had to bring them all in by, <laughs> by horse. Hand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Florida still does that, you know. <laughs> what brings them all in by horse. horses? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but you got to think about it too, because like when when even even you you're looking, you know, sixty uh, something years later, when uh, I almost say Kennedy, when Lincoln got assassinated, you know, it's probably a week before. People found out about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the really interesting things. The faster that uh, information started started happening, the faster that all the other things started happening, too. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. How do we get on that? Oh, uh, just talk about dates and the Pope. Yeah, but it was the Pope because the Pope is going to ruin your life by changing things because I've only been a Catholic for 10 minutes and now everything's different. Right. Like how everybody flipped out when we were going to change the missile. Oh, yeah. That was 2011 or something like that. Yeah. I went to, yeah, was something around that. Yeah, because Lisa and I were just dating. And a bunch, when we used to have the old Axe Young Adult Group in, yeah. at St. Francis there, and a bunch of us went <clears throat> to one of those informational meetings. I think it was at um, St. Joseph Husband and Mary or something. <clears throat> and uh, and we went, and they were kind of teaching us what was changing. And then I'm like, wow, we are spending way too much time to find out that we're just changing like five words in the mass. And they're like, most of the stuff is for the priest to say. So it really doesn't affect you. And then it's like, okay, question and answer time. I really have a strong devotion to reconciliation. Is that being changed? I know. No. <laughs> and I'm like, are you just talking to talk? Like, Yeah, I think that was that was really funny because I taught a few of those in this diocese and in the Diocese of Colorado Springs because – uh, and the the whole thing was, from what I understand, was that people were um, like really upset about how Vatican II was implemented or poorly implemented. Like one day the priest was facing away from you and everything was in Latin, and then all of a sudden the next day uh, the communion rails were gone and the priest was in a t-shirt and jeans. And <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think they got rid of those communion rails too fast. <laughs> No, but for some people it was like that turnaround. Like all, all of a sudden they got a they got um well that's why they, there was all kinds of abuses and problems after that. But some of the priests were like, oh, we're great, we could do essentially whatever we want, and so they started doing essentially whatever they wanted. Oh, um, I was going to say because the church I went, I got my first communion at. We still had a communion rail. Oh yeah, Saint Saint uh, Joan of Arc downtown still has a communion rail. It still does. You have to like not it. look. I mean, you have to be like, oh, that's what that yeah. is. Because I noticed, I was like, that's a communion. Yeah, but the church I went to, I don't know when it was built, but it's got to be mid. Like a lot of that neighborhood was all fifties, 
you know, when they start doing the track houses and stuff, because it used to be all orange groves, you know, oh, like yeah. in uh, Back to the Future and yeah. stuff, where they drive out to, you know, where his house is, and it's just the the walls and stuff. But like that was my neighborhood was just all orange groves and stuff. And then somewhere in like fifty four is when my house was built. So that whole area was done, which is funny because you go to some major, not major intersections, but decent sized intersections, and on the corner there's like this big, like I wouldn't say Victorian house, but it's easily like turn of the century house mm-hmm. you're like this is a big old house with all these track houses oh that was the plantation house well you can't say plantation anymore <laughs> but that was where the people lived who had orange this giant orange groves so the house is still there but all the all the orange groves are all just track houses so this church had to sorry i, I gave a little history of but so the church is probably like from the late 50s, if not early 60s or something, by the time it's all done. And then Vatican II happens like right. 10 minutes later, and they're like, we just put this community rail in. <laughs> We're going to keep this here <laughs> at least till the 80s. Because well, it, it was still there in the mid-early 90s when yeah. I was still in. My favorite part is like churches now that um, are kind of rediscovering their Catholicism. Like maybe they're maybe in the 60s and 70s and 80s, like the priests went crazy and did all kinds of nuts stuff with their church or whatever. Because it was the wild, wild west after Vatican II for a while, um, and they're kind of rediscovering the the liturgy and the beauty of it all. And like I've seen a lot of churches that are like built in that that kind of wacky style that are installing communion rails. That wacky style, like the cathedral. Yeah, kind of like the cathedral. Yeah, with the weird art and the and the yeah. I hate that painting. <laughs> Everybody hates that painting. Like, it's, uh, it's terrible. It is pretty bad. Yeah. The only problem is if you paint over it, you have to put something else there. That's true. And it's the Guardian Angel Cathedral. So what are you going to do? Put a big angel. It's got to be the Guardian Angels because it's the Guardian Angel. So okay, put a Guardian Angel. I don't know. What, what does a Guardian Angel look like? Like a regular angel, but yeah, right next seen, to you. Have you seen with the, sunglasses and an earpiece? The painting of the Guardian Angels, they all look terrible. Oh, I hate that painting. The one with the kids on the bridge? Yeah. You don't have to paint. You don't have to show that angel. <laughs> Any like, angel could be the Guardian Angel. You could use the Led Zeppelin angel or something. <laughs> but... <clears throat> That would be a great cover if it was Led Zeppelin Angel with the kids on the... <laughs> like, but the thing I thought was funny is that the shrine and the Guardian Angel Cathedral... Sorry, this is getting very Vegas-centric. That's what we are. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> for, for those three listeners in England. I know, right? But we didn't, they didn't have like crucifix in them for years. Yeah. And because the, the shrine used to have... or still does, has a mosaic... Of like the light coming in from the the clouds, like oh, there's God talking to us that way, and but the thing that I hate is like the 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 crucifixes they put in happen to look like the ugliest crucifixes yeah. they could get. Well, they're trying to like because the art style is weird. And I think someone's trying to match the weird art style. No, but it's not even it, they don't match. No, the no, one, they, with the with the hippy just, dippy nineteen sixty four um, pastel colored. <laughs> the Jesus getting shot out of a cannon, and he's got weird diamond. <laughs> he does look like he's getting shot out he's of a all, cannon. <laughs> and he's got these diamond shaped um, stigmata yeah. kind of yeah. scars and stuff. Sure so it's does. like oh, but and they're not lined up exactly. And then there's all these little angel guys that are also supposed to represent the five the senses because yeah. they're like i can hear you it's very obvious and, oh i could see you and and then there's the guy like <laughs> <laughs> but then there's like okay you're like one two three four five those are the senses here's jesus and then there's like two or three the other it's like i could touch you his hands are in cuffs now yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh too that's soon. too catholic <laughs> 
That's not okay. These are altar boy ones. <laughs> but then there's like three or four other ones that are like, I don't understand what these things are for. They don't match the others. They're just like, hey, dude, what's up? Maybe they're seraphim and just like, hey, Jesus, you're cool. But yeah, right. Yeah. It's but weird. it's it's so that which is funny because I I do like the stained glass windows much more. And then there's the art on the outside, which I think is also on the outside of St. Joan of Arc and some others. And maybe like St. Anne's and stuff. The outside art is much better, but that inside portrait is just terrible. But then it's like, hey, let's put a cross in front of it. What are we going to do? Let's hang it from some wires. Yeah. But it's going to look like it's a Jesus action figure that's still in the... In the packaging. In the packaging. <laughs> sure does. That, but the packaging is in the shape of a cross. Like, you ever get a model set and they sell the little... Yeah. That you have to pop you them out pop of the... It's pop out Jesus. You got to pop them out and that's the resurrection. Yes. <laughs> Because it's like, really, dude? Like, this is All right, terrible. This is going to be the cover art so people can understand what this, yeah, what you this gotta is. Do, or you got to do a whole The crucifix, thing. and this has to be on the cover art. It's terrible. At we, least, we'll put it in the Instagram if you want to look at some pictures. Oh, it, that's terrible. And the, and the, the, the shrine isn't as bad, but it's kind of like Jesus with his head to the side, I think. And it's just like, eh, it's like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, you ever see, like, when they're like, oh, here we made this... Um, this statue of this famous soccer star, and we're going to put it at the Barcelona airport. And you look at it, you're like, oh, good. That doesn't look like him. <laughs> like, who made this statue? Well, that's the – have you have you seen the, the um, statue for the Martin Luther King? I was just going to say, once I said statue, I was like, <laughs> like, that's a statue that anybody could agree with oh, tearing it down. Yeah. Even, like, Martin Luther King's, like, Please, family yeah. is like, this is terrible. This, this is not okay. Because it's supposed to be like two arms embracing each other, but it's just like like arms and shoulders and stuff. But it does in certain angles. So you're like, oh, I could see it. And then you like turn to the other side. It's like, oh, it looks like she's holding poop. Yeah. Oh, but that's supposed to be his arm. Or it looks like somebody's got his head between her thighs. It does also. (laughs) No, it looks like that. That old like, hey, this guy's got his hood up his ass kind of thing. And then they used to take the pic- comments on, on those pictures are so funny. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, what is that supposed to be? I had no yeah, it's idea. it's really bad. Yeah. Good job, Boston. Yeah, yeah. Good, leave it to them. Yeah, jeez. So, yeah, but the, the yeah, the, sh- the, oh, God, they're such a terrible one. I can tell you about a lot of the crucifix. And then the other one I hate was, uh, here we are, is uh, St. Thomas More's Jesus. <laughs> so I want St. Thomas More's Jesus. I okay. can't even picture that one in my okay, head. Okay, well, first... <clears throat> First, I kind of like the idea that they they have like a brick wall, kind of, not a brick wall, but like a stone wall, and then they have the 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 cross like dug into it, and then it lights up, kind of thing. You're like, oh, that's kind of neat that the cross is the wall. But then Jesus is supposed to be the resurrected Jesus, but he doesn't look resurrected. He looks like he's just fat, and he's holding his arms out like, oh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like. <laughs> I can't even picture that in my head, but that's pretty funny. I don't remember last time I was over at St. Thomas just like, More. Uh, it's uh, like, <laughs> and I'm like, God, he looks like a fat Jesus. Like, I mean, I know Jesus ate a lot, you know, because yeah. he's like, Zacchaeus, get out of that tree and Feed make me, me yeah. dinner. <laughs> hey, old woman, I'm going to go to your house and eat. And Matthew, you know what? You're a jerk tax collector, yeah. but you got money, right? So right. Eh, Pete and the boys are going to come over, and eat, yeah. even though he hates you. It's even yeah. It's 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 really bad in Luke's gospel. It, 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 the way you re, like pay attention because Jesus is either going to or coming from a meal in just about every single scene of Luke's gospel. Yeah, like everything. It's like this. Hey, I'm going to talk about here healing a blind man as Jesus is picking his teeth <laughs> from that last for going to the Sizzler. <laughs> 
while Je- whilst Jesus was walking away with a little Tupperware for the old woman's house, <laughs> he decides to tell the Beatitudes. <laughs> the pizza was delivered to him. He's like, who put pork on my pizza? <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Damn Romans, bloody Romans, <laughs> bloody Romans! I haven't done that in forever. Yeah. I remember that in what was that? Uh, Life of Brian. Oh, you I ever love see the that? Life of Brian. Yeah, Monty Python was was great. Oh man, I did a lot of good stuff. That was oh, Monty Python. Was that Monty? No, yeah, that's, that was that's that is Monty, Monty Python. Python. I was going to confuse him with Mel Brooks for a second there. What did Mel Brooks do? That was something similar to Life of Brian. He did something else. Well, he did History of the World Part oh, that's One. Right. History. Of the World. That's what I was thinking. Which wasn't as good. Well, no, but, well, the, the one is just pretty much like a parallel to Jesus. Right. And the other one is supposed to be telling everything. Because it had, like, the Ten Commandments and stuff. Yeah. Where you had, like, the Fifteen the Commandments. 15 commandments. Oh, hear me. All pay heed. The Lord, the Lord Jehovah, has given unto you these fifteen. <laughs> ten. Ten commandments for all to obey. So, like, stuff like that. But it was supposed to go all the way through the French Revolution. Uh, and then the idea was, like, coming soon, History of the World Part Two, And it was supposed to be everything afterward. But they never made a History of the World Part Two. But then I heard he's working on a History of the World Part Two. <laughs> that would hit now. It would hit. But I don't think it. I don't think the first one would know. It's probably a swan song because, I mean, the guy's only, like, 110 or something. Yeah, that's true. He is kind but of yeah. Yeah, but bloody Romans. Yeah, so, but, uh, crap, I can't remember what's head. But yeah, fat Jesus with his head to the side. (laughs) You know, most of the, most of the crosses and crucifixes I can get behind, but that one's like, yeah. And I remember like, even like St. Elizabeth's is like, they had a cool cross suspended and they're like, you know what? We need this thing bigger. And now it's like huge. And it's like, oh man, they better have a good tension on that thing. Cause that comes down. Like everybody's dead. <laughs> Jesus is going to be responsible for the death of how many people? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, you know, the other one too is I swear. I remember that the one at St. Christopher's was a resurrected Christ. And then we went with like Fernando and Chino years ago. Up. And he's, and he's regular old crucified Christ. And I said, why did I think he was resurrected? Then I found out, I saw pictures that Fernando had. They're showing like pictures of his first communion and stuff like that. I saw it and I said, there it is. Yep. Resurrected Christ. Because he like was coming off the cross like, yeah. Yep. And he had like the robes swirling. I'm like, yeah, that's how resurrected Christ looks. Yeah. Resurrected, not like fat. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what that's the, do? that's a part of that Wild West stuff is because, you know, people were designing the art however the heck they wanted to, and they, like, didn't realize that there's rubrics and norms for this, that you have to have a crucifix in the sanctuary. But does, he have to be, does it have to be resurrected? It, it has to be, to be a crucifix. Cannot be resurrected Jesus. Well, then you better that, tear that stuff down. Well, that's what they did. A lot of these places, apparently, St. Thomas More did it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, they have, part of the- maybe they have a crucifix on the altar then instead, but they oh, have to I've have I've seen one. stuff like that. Well, because didn't they used to have a crucifix on the altar for, like, the cathedral and the shrine back in the day i don't know yeah. but they have to have one uh they have to have a crucifix in the sanctuary because that's what you're you're you are in that's what we're representing the sacrifice representing of jesus. yeah the sacrifice of jesus not uh, um not the resurrection although it is the resurrected body of i mean jesus. the resurrection is kind of a big deal yeah but just love. that's what the altar's for so that's really interesting but anyway all that because the pope that pope pissing <laughs> off evangelists everywhere <laughs> I can't even believe we had the Pope for like 10 years now. I know. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I was thinking about that when Pope Benedict died. That was so sad. But I mean, the fact that it was like, oh, the Pope Benedict died. I was like, oh, yeah, we still had that Pope. Yeah. 
And then it's like, yes, he be he stopped being pope in 2013. You're like, that's like 10 years ago. Yeah. Holy moly, he like outlived for 10 years. Then we would have had that guy for like what was it, 2005 to 2023 or so. Yeah, that would have been a long time, long pontificate. Because like JP two was a long time. Yeah, he was 30 something years, right? <sighs> yeah, because it was 78 to 05. Yeah, and like I was like, wow, like I was like, that's my whole life. Yeah. Like when that happened, because I was born in seventy nine, so go. it's That's like true. literally like yeah. almost the whole life, and it's like wow, it's like the Pope and Queen Elizabeth, like <laughs> yeah, that's wild. And now that she's gone, it's so weird. Yeah, because like there's like they're like saying like there's only only ten percent of the people alive were before her. Something, it's not really that number, but that'd be crazy. It, it might as well be. Yeah, because she became like queen in like fifty three or something. But yeah, yeah, I think I think. Just putting all this Pope stuff together now that I'm thinking about it mm-hmm. is like there is some really cool stuff about the Pope, right? Yeah, they have. Well, that too. But also, like, I think people make him something that he's not, um, especially like people who don't understand the Pope. Like, any, 52. With the 52? Sorry, Sorry Quinn Elizabeth. No, you're good. I shorted you on a year. <laughs> but he. Um, like, remember when Pope Francis first got elected and everything that he said, the church, the media was taken as like, oh, the Catholic Church is changing doctrine on this, that, or the other thing because the Pope said something yeah, on an airplane. He, yeah, because the Pope right. says something like, you know, it's not right to beat the crap out of gay people and throw <laughs> them in the street. Exactly. Oh, the Catholic Church has totally changed its stance on gay people. <laughs> right. I was like, they, they didn't say it was okay to beat them before. Sure, they did it, you <laughs> jerk. You yeah. zealot. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things I like. Um you think about the catechism. The catechism has that great line about um, uh, about gay gay people saying that uh, um, what is the line? It says the all unjust discrimination um, regarding gay people should be avoided, right, or or should should be non-existent. And this was written in 1992, right? You know, like who wrote that kind of stuff about gay people in 1992? Nobody did. Like it was still yeah, exactly right. It was still like. People, gay people get beat up in the streets and things like that. In yeah, it was okay. And the Catholic Church was like, no, we, these, kids, these guys, these no, guys no, no. don't need to be persecuted. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and We're then, not happy about everything they do. Right, but... right. But at the same time, don't, don't beat the crap out of them. But, yeah. you know, and then the Pope says something on a plane and they're like, oh, this is, this is dogma now. Or they think that everything. They wrote it. He was sitting in a chair, but that's not the chair. It was, <laughs> it was, it was first class. Cathedral. <laughs> First class. <laughs> yeah, it's first it class. was Vatican City One. <laughs> That'd be funny if that was the name of the plane. I would totally call it something like that, yeah. like Papal One or like yeah, Keys One. Well, yeah, the Chair of Saint Peter, flying I chair. I call it now. Yeah, we gotta think about it. All right, here's a new contest. <laughs> we'll Whoever comes out with the best name for the plane, we'll submit it to the Pope. <laughs> We're going to rename your airplane, Holy Father. Dear the Pope. Remember when I had an idea that like, we, we needed the Pope oh, to call Oh, yes. In? Yeah, we should still do that. We should still have the Pope Because he'd be in. like the Pope from Family Guy. I'm at a freaking Pope. <laughs> Even hey. though he's from Barcelona. Yeah. Well, because he's not from Barcelona. He's from Buenos Aires, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is- wow, you're really good on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, he's still Italian. Come yeah, on. Yeah, he's he's been Polio Italian. or what yeah. is it? Bergoglio, yeah. Bergoglio, yeah, it's Italian. Yeah, it's Italian. So, uh, hey, I'm a freaking pole, man. Yeah, I'm a freaking pole. <laughs> and then he, what's it called? But even, I think they even did those jokes, like, even when it was, like, Pope John Paul. Yeah, it yeah. was like, hey, what's he going to do? And we uh, haven't had an Italian pope in a hot minute because Benedict was German. German, so. yeah. So we had Polish, German, and then, and then Argent- Argentinian. Argentinian. Yeah. And, oh, now I'm going to get canceled for that. But... <laughs> 
Like when I used to talk to the Levas and go like from Guatemala. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't do that. No. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, so it's like, yeah, and then we only had like 500 years of straight Italians. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, that's, which is why the stereotype. Hey. Yeah, Pope, on, Pope John Paul II broke that streak. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, whenever people think that everything that the Pope does is infallible, and because people misunderstand the doctrine of infallibility, this is coming from Vatican I. It's like that's where that comes from, even though there's a fallible statement made before Vatican I. But um, I'll, I'll, I think people misunderstand that too, because all the church does when it's defining something is like putting words to something that we've already believed. That's what the Holy Father was doing with um, the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption of Mary. It's putting just words stamping it. to something that we already believed, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if you if you like if you could help people who were struggling with the idea of the Pope, and that was like their barrier to Catholicism because of the infallibility and all that stuff. What would you say? I might just say it's not what you th- like. What do you think it is? Right. Like if you think that everything he does. First of all, I'd have probably the main thing is I'd have to say it's not everything he does is infallible. So it's like he's not without sin because they're like, oh, I saw him flip that guy off once. Right. That is, is infallible. Yeah. No. It's it's not impeccable. Yeah. yeah, or whatnot. And so there's that. And then it's like it's not like he could just change rule things willy-nilly. And, yeah. and like he almost never does change things. Like it's not like each pope does. It's not like, a, you know, like when we sign a new – new president right they have like 42 executive orders they do like exactly two days after they're inaugurated because it's like here's what i've always wanted to do with this country and yeah it's like when trump came in he's like i'm gonna make 500 executive orders and then biden comes in he's like i'm gonna reverse all those those, executive orders (laughs) yeah oh man what a waste of time (laughs) oh i love stuff like that oh my goodness (laughs) Like, what's it called? Like, we were talking about, like, making rules of things that we already believed in, kind of. is like, it's like, hey, it's already legal to be legally gay married. And that's like, yeah, let's have a vote that you could be legally gay married federally. Well, isn't that already there? Yeah, yeah, but we're going to make a vote. So we look good, right? Yeah, right, right. Because we need some we need some extra votes. We need for to ourselves. look good about this stuff, the right? Things swung a little red, and now we're worried. <laughs> yeah, we thought there was going to be a red wave, but it was kind of a red trickle, so we're kind of on the wind. Now right, we're going to do this. Solidify that. And we'll get a bunch of Republicans to do it to say, like, I don't hate gays. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Texas, they can do whatever they want, but, like. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but Republican senators in blue states, oh, the gays yeah. are going to get me. <laughs> I better vote for something that they already have. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. This is terrible. They're gonna hate us. <laughs> yeah, nah, most of our listeners don't care. <laughs> our tens and tens of listeners. Now tens uh, and tens. Yeah, tens and tens. I'm gonna keep it that way. Oh yeah, because even Lisa was like, I was saying about, oh yeah, that oh, we were watching football, and then I said, oh, that's who that is. She's got a podcast. Lisa's like, everybody has a podcast. Even you and David <laughs> have a podcast. I'm like, damn, you said that with such disdain in your voice. You were, <laughs> Like you're trying to like put in the knife and turn yeah. it like it's the best podcast in the world. She's like, here, I want salt in that too because I don't even listen to it because your podcast sucks. <laughs> well, our wives aren't supposed to listen to this; they don't want to hear us talk anyway. That's all right. That's why I don't mind talking about her. Right. <laughs> now, if I were to give my my thing was like to help people understand infallibility uh, is a is a negative term, not a positive one. Like he can't like uh, he's not saying. I'm I'm being infallible in this moment. That's not a, that's not a thing, right? He's um, 
infallibility means that whenever he definitively teaches something, that the Holy Spirit's going to preserve from error, right? So that means, like, it's it's not the same thing as, like, I'm going to exercise this power. It's not an exercise of power. It's a prevention of bad exercise of power. So uh, the Holy Father may want to be like, hey, let's do all these things, but somehow the, po- the Holy Spirit prevents him from doing so. Just think about, like, some of the worst popes ever, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, some, some that had, like, um, mistresses and illegitimate children and murdered lots of people, right? It would have been very advantageous for them to, like, oh, and the Pope can assassinate people, right? <laughs> and just make it doctrine, right? It, but the, for whatever reason... They didn't do any of those things. You know, nepotism is okay when it's the Pope doing it, right? But for whatever reason, they well, never made any of those pronouncements. Not really, because right? the, the Pope doesn't have any kids to promote. I have nephews and nieces. And, <laughs> no, I know. But, but sometimes in history, the Pope had some kids to promote. Yeah, but he didn't talk about those guys. <laughs> no, he didn't, but you kind of knew. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that, and, and that stuff never happened throughout all of history. And that's what we mean by um, by infallibility is like, the Pope might be a terrible, terrible person, but the the Holy Spirit's going to guide the church and prevent him from doing something too stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's... that's and it really hasn't been. Now, right? Like, I mean, like you're saying, we've had bad Popes who do things, and I think a lot of that's probably because the Pope had control of the papal lands for yes, so long. and that of, was a big of problem. Italy, where it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah, I want to be Pope because that means I'm like the landlord, yeah, that was kind of like one of the big reasons why Vatican I was kind of brought together, was like, hey, I need help. <laughs> the Pope was trying to get power back, but they couldn't do it with the land that he's in. And so, and so, but anyway. When did they get rid of the papal lands? Uh, shortly what? after the French Revolution. Uh-huh. So what was the French Revolution, 1780s? Yeah, it was after ours. Yeah, so 1790s, 1780s, somewhere in that, that area. And so the early 1800s. Mm. So the Pope having struggles with all of that around 1850, saying like, "Hey, I need help. Let's call. Let's call a council to." And then that's not actually what happened at the council. That <laughs> happened at the councils. The, well, the big thing that happened was the declaration of infallibility of the Pope. He's like, "Thanks, but I needed something else." <laughs> right? So I need guns I, and tanks. Yeah. And tanks. You're welcome. <laughs> you shall have camels, horses, an armed escort, provisions, desert vehicles. And thanks. You're welcome. Oh, I want to talk about Pope Benedict's death. Okay. Were you were you upset about that? Because I was kind of upset about that. No. No, you're more upset about the con, con, um, Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Conroy's death. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Conroy dies, kneels in tears. Pope Benedict dies. Meh. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is <laughs> literally, I'm really not affected by a lot of people dying. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, when someone's like, oh, this 32-year-old died, and it's like, ah. Like, when, I didn't even cry, like, when Kobe died, and, like, I'm a big Laker guy. Well, I'm a a lapsed Laker fan because (laughs) I really don't like LeBron, so I'm not happy that he's on the team, and then then we suck now, so. And Lisa doesn't like basketball, so it's easy for me not to watch him, but whatever. But the fact is, like, Kobe was, like, like, he was a big deal, and, like, my, my best friend Brian, like, when he died, like he was t- calling me, and then like his wife texted me and said, "Brian's taking this hard. Like he's like kind of crying and everything." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, really?" <laughs> like, because like I was like, "It's tough." And then the thing too is like Kobe's only like it's like 
four or five months older than me. So I always used him as like this yardstick, like, oh, when he's retiring, that's like if I were to be in a professional athlete, that's like kind of like when I would have had to retire, like as a yardstick of like, and like, so then all that stuff. So then when that happened, it was like, I was a little rough, but it's like, I don't remember crying. And then I had friends that are like, oh yeah, when David Bowie died, I cried for like hours. And like, okay. He's like, you didn't cry? No. He's like, what about like, he's like, you used to love Gene Wilder. Did you cry when he didn't? No. Oh, I guess you didn't cry for Bowie if David, Gene Wilder. No. Like, I'm like, I don't know. They're, most of them, it's just, okay, it's yeah, people. They're not, they're it's not, not my grandma it's sad, dying. but it's not, exactly. Sorry, too soon. Oh, yeah. but, <laughs> but, like, um, you know, so it's that. But then also, it's like, I don't know. But then, like, when Kevin Conroy died, it really kind of hit me. <laughs> okay, for, uh, audience, if you don't know, Kevin Conroy was the guy the who voice did, of Batman. Batman. And Pope Benedict is the voice of your conscience. He cried for one, <laughs> not the other. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Batman means a lot more. <laughs> but I was always like, and what's funny too is like nowadays a lot of people know who Kevin Conroy is. Well, okay, let's not say a lot, but a lot of like nerds know who he is. Yeah. Where, you know, back in the day, like where people would be like, who's your favorite Batman? And I'm like, well, my favorite is Kevin Conroy, who's the voice of Batman. And they're like, what? And it's like, yeah, because everybody's like, you're expecting to say like Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton or yeah. like Adam West or something. And it's like, no, no, no. You know, and I used to joke with my cousin too, because I remember he was like, No, Michael Keaton's the best. And I said, Michael Keaton's Mr. Mom. You like Kevin Conroy. He's like, Oh crap, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I do love Kevin Conroy. <laughs> and then they've used him for so many other things. They used him in video games, they used him for a lot of animated movies, he's sure in did. all the video games. He was pretty much Batman for almost everything since nineteen ninety two. But what's so funny is it's like when he died, I got like Five or six people, including you, going, oh, man, Kevin Conroy, you hear about that? Like, yeah, <laughs> Of course. And you're, like, all in mourning wearing black. Yeah. <laughs> like Bruce Wayne when his parents died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just Neil there. And, and I was just kind of like, oh, man, Kevin Conroy. And, like, ah. Uh, and, like, so, like, I was, like, and then even, like, I was telling Lisa, I was, like, I'm kind of bummed today. And it was right before we went on a retreat, yeah. too. It's just, like, I'm bummed today because, like, Batman died. <laughs> like when Adam West died, I'm like, ah, he's old. It happens. But like, he's not that old. He was in his 60s. But I didn't know he was, he had like cancer or something. So I was like, oh. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that was tough, dude. Yeah. It was, you know, this, uh, we'll have to dedicate this episode to poor Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. But, but what's funny is I realized I was doing, um, as we've talked about before, or do the voices when you read stories yeah. to the kids. So the problem is, for so long I've done Batman's voice as right. the how it should have ended. Batman is like, can you even do a Kevin Conroy? Well, I kind of do something. I'll, I'll do it before before like because his is like, hey, you want to know my secret identity? Right, right. That's it. That's the other. <laughs> He's one. like, I want to hit it with a battering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then, but then Kevin, Kevin Conroy's Conroy is, is like, very serious. Yeah, it's more like it's like I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Show's over, Joker. Yeah. You know? And so I've kind of been trying to do do that more, where he talks a little. You just do a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's a little Eastwood. Kind, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's like that, which is different than Christian Bale's Batman, who's like, I'm not the hero that you want. <laughs> he's out of his mouth. <laughs> I'm not the hero that you need. 
<laughs> that actually sounds more like the, the how it should end. Yeah. But he says, Bates, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Rachel. Yeah, yeah. The best part was that, like, you you think as Batman, it, I mean, I love Christian Bale's Batman, and I thought that what Christopher Nolan did with that Batman trilogy was great, but that whole thing of like Batman keeping that voice even in the time of like high emotion when he's cry, like you're gonna keep putting on the voice while you're crying. Bring <laughs> 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 No, I'm like, don't is, leave me out, Red. I'm gonna be by myself. This doesn't make any sense. Oh, <laughs> I have to have sex with fake Talia. Uh, <laughs> you know what's so bad? I'm so stupid because I'm like that person who's like, I figure something out and then forget that I figured it out. Because, like, first of all, when Batman Begins came out, spoilers for these movies, when Batman Begins comes out and I see that, uh, was his name Liam Neeson is Descartes, which is actually a French character from the comics, but and and then Ken Watanabe is <clears throat> Rachel Ghoul. And I was like, wow, a Japanese Rachel Ghoul. That's a little weird. I wouldn't have really picked that because like, you know, it doesn't need to be like a white guy, but I would have pictured an Arabic guy or something like that. Like, um, who was that? Odin Fair, the guy who was um I don't know if that's his name, but the guy who was the dude in the mummy, who was like the guy who protected the you know the stuff. Do you remember who I'm talking about? The yeah, US, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't was, know the guy's name though. Okay, yeah. but you know that guy. Yeah, somebody who kind of looked like that maybe is a. It's like a right. Yeah, and and then I remember my cousin was like Liam Neeson should be Rachel Gould. I was like, yeah, I can see you give him a cool beard. He'd be a great Rachel Gould. But they're picking Ken Watanabe. I don't know why. End of the movie. Oh, it is Liam Neeson. <laughs> we were right the whole time. And then I remember seeing the cast of Batman right, uh, Dark Knight Rises. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, Marion Cotillard is in it. Of course, because it's, it's a Chris Nolan film because she's in like half of them. And it's like, psh, she'd be a good Talia. <laughs> I bet she's Talia. And then you see it. Oh, no, she's like Miranda Tate or whatever her character's name was. And it's like. Plot twist. Then you're watching, and you're like, oh, man, she's going to fix that whole thing with the fusion bomb or whatever, the fusion. Give energy. She's going to help out good old Bruce Wayne. She stabbed him? Even after they made sweet love by the fire? <laughs> like Chef would say. And I'm like, oh. And then she's like, yeah, I'm Talia Ghoul, you sucker. And I'm like, oh, I got blindsided. Wait a second. I thought of that three months ago. <laughs> How did I not know this? I'm stupid. Yeah, that's why we're watching um <laughs> We, we we watched a couple of movies that were just based off the cast. I'm like, oh, this is the bad guy, or this <laughs> like uh, I, I don't know if you've seen Knives Out or any of these. Uh, oh, I know of them. Yeah. Okay, have you seen them? No. Okay, we'll spoil to be it like for you. Agatha Christie. But, like, yeah, very much so. And and what was what's fun in a lot of these movies? I'm like, like just based off of the cast, this person's the bad guy. And then we watch it, and they try to play like that person's not the bad guy, and then like. That person is the bad guy, and I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> That's a, my sister and I did the whole thing, but opposite. Oh yeah, because there was a guy. Oh, I'd have to find him. If you saw him, you you know. But he's like the dude in like the teen movies or something, who's kind of like the jerky guy or something, but not like Billy Zabka jerky guy. But and we're watching like an NCIS episode or something, and then uh, <laughs> we saw, oh, that dude totally did it. And then he did it, and I was like, "No way!" She's like, "I swear," because it was him. Yeah, like, it's because the guy. Yeah, because that's just like 
All right, this is a per- this is an actor who hasn't been into things for a while, but that's but it's a recognizable name, and they want to make it. Oh well, there's their- that. That's like the Law and Order thing. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, Michael Gross from Family Ties is in this Law and Order. I no, wonder why. Because he's the bad guy. Oh, <laughs> because he's using Viagra and ecstasy and having sex with underage girls and then killing them. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it was an SUV. Uh, <laughs> so not victims, a, not a- <laughs> that seems like that seems like not a regular Law and Order. No, it's not. It's always like. I used to love that one though, but it's like, wow, I wonder why I love this one so much. Might have a problem because you hear about like <laughs> this one 17 year old choked these 14 year olds with a bike chain while having sex with them. And it's like, oh my goodness. Why is this my favorite? Episode? Why is this my favorite show? <laughs> but these are terrible things. That's I hate okay. these. Yeah. Like I can't sleep at night after hearing about some of this stuff. Yeah, that's not okay. There's something wrong there. No, I know it's not good. Yeah, that's not good. It's not usually good. No. Not a good thing. Back to the Pope. I mean, no, oh, yeah. I was okay. Sorry. Yeah. Back to Kevin Conroy, like I said. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I had just finished, because um, every Advent I read his infancy narratives, the Pope Benedict. I don't know if you know this. He wrote a trilogy on Jesus. Did you know that? I yes. Think, oh, of course. So I think I it think was, if um, anybody reads A New it, Hope, Jesus <laughs> is a New Hope. <laughs> and then Herod strikes back. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that uh, I think if anybody wants something, and then accessible, return of the king, yeah, return of the king. <laughs> that did work out. <laughs> I think if anybody wants something accessible, that Pope Pope Benedict wrote uh, the Jesus trilogy is very accessible. But I read the I was I read the uh, infancy narrative, so I read that over Lent, over Advent, and then um, I was like, oh, I really like this, so I'm going to start. You know, I'm going to reread his Jesus of Nazareth from the baptism to the transfiguration. So I was in the middle of that whenever all this stuff happened, and, and he passed away, and I'm like, oh man. That's really sad. And so I, was, I think I was finishing up the the chapter he had on John's Gospel whenever whenever that all that happened, and I'm like just thinking about all the things that I read that was that was his that was really profound for my life. Like this guy read so much that meant something to me. Yeah, he did. He wrote a lot. Like he he wrote um, uh, the Spirit of the Liturgy, which I also read earlier this year. He read he wrote uh, Introduction to Christianity. Uh, he wrote several um, encyclicals and and a lot of the theology of. Benedict of um, Vatican II, like a lot of that theology is his theology because he was a, a Pariti. He was one of the theological specialists um, at at the actual council, and so a lot of that is his his theology and kind of his his um, his thoughts put on paper. Him and and uh, Pope John Paul II, I think. But um, yeah, it was just wild to to think about somebody that I read that much. Because it was the same thing with John Paul II, but I didn't read much of John Paul II until after he was dead. Uh, but Benedict, I read a lot of his stuff while he was still living, and so mm. it was like that was weird for me. But because uh, he had he had that kind of uh, impact on on my faith and and how I understand the church and how I understand Jesus. Um, yeah, well, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, because to me, he was just that other. He was guy. just the Pope, right? Yeah. Right. The other pope, the one who's not the cool pope who everything happened, or not the new hip pope, yeah, yeah, who's like this. He's the guy in the middle that was the guy who looked like the emperor. Yeah, he did look like the emperor, but he oh, was yeah. he was my German shepherd. You see what oh, I mean? oh yeah. wow. <laughs> so, but like, yeah. Yeah. oh German shepherd, yeah. shepherd, shepherd me, oh god. I still like. Uh, I think of of all the writings, I think, still think like. Probably Pope John Paul II formed me more in my in in my like discipleship, but in in just knowledge and stuff like that. Like 
Pope Benedict was brilliant, man, and he wrote so much and educated me and re-educated me in in the Christian faith so many times that uh, uh, it was like it was like losing a professor that you're really close to, you know, and that's uh, that you took a lot of classes mm. from. I mean, that yeah. makes sense because like you have a more personal connection, yeah. like, and then to me too, because... which is why Kevin Conroy, because he, he formed you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he's much more important. <laughs> Yeah, but it's the same idea. When I read a Batman comic, whose voice do I hear? You hear Kevin Conroy. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. See, I don't hear Kevin Conroy's voice when I read a Batman comic. I hear the guy, the the Batman voice on on how it should have ended. <laughs> <laughs> and that's primarily the uh, I do a battering at it. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny too? Because what I've read, I've read some old Silver Age comic books. Because uh-huh. I've got like all the JSA, JLA team ups from, they got like six volumes of them. Because they do like a two parter every year for like a million years. And then I'm reading ones from like 1962 and stuff. And it's like when I'm reading them, I'm literally hearing the voices of like the old 1960s filmation <laughs> cartoons. And I'm like, yep, that's the way I hear it. Because look at them. <laughs> You know, yeah. There's a um, uh, yeah, there's a uh, Instagram page that GB is really into right now, and she sends me memes from it. It's all bluey Instagram pictures. Oh, and stuff really? Like that. Yeah, it's really funny. And she sends me all these uh, like memes, and they're like, um, like uh, I all I wait for all day is or whenever I was younger, um, I wanted to stay up late uh, for whatever, but now I just want the kids to go to, go to bed, bed so, so I can, can go to bed, so I can so I can watch TV and have a snack and hide from them, right? You know, or whatever it happens to be. And but when I read these, I I read them in Chili's voice, <laughs> like from the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Like for whatever reason, all of them sound like Chili's voice instead of Bandit. Instead of Bandit, right? They all because I am like definitely Chili. Bandit. Oh like, yeah, Bandit's the best character on the show. He's my amazing. sister said, "Why is this show called Bluey? Because it should be called Bandit." Bandit. Is oh, she's. Totally Totally into it now because oh, yeah. I, I introduced her to it. It's great. It's oh, the best and show I got TV. here later today because I put on Bluey for the kids, and then the fairy tale episode came on. Yeah, that's and a I good watched one. the whole thing. That's fantastic. That's the best episode because it was the eighties, man. The 80s. This story set a long, long time ago in a place called the eighties. That's me when I was ten years old on holiday with your uncle Rad and Uncle Stripe. Hang on, where's your helmet? This was the eighties, man. There were no helmets. It was a wild place. The fourth wall kind of breaking the fact that they show the the show like you would when you're doing flashbacks or whatever, and they show it, and then they go, what, you weren't wearing a helmet? And it's like, how did they see that? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, that that, that meta part of it. And it's just like, oh, that's great. Because it's like, I never wore a helmet. When I was a oh, kid. Yeah, yeah. And then when they were doing skid marks, yeah. he's like, ah, oh, you don't know how to skid. I'm like, oh, skid marks were, were so, so cool. cool. I remember that you had tried to get the longer ones, yeah. And I remember, like, you know, like, I remember I knew a kid or something or whatever. It was like, it was like, oh, we the handlebar brakes, you know, with uh-huh. the 10 speed. But then he's like, I got to use your Huffy because it's got the old coaster brakes. Yeah. And like, ah! yep. and then that, that best skids uh, at the yeah, coaster brakes. Sure were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like it's a great show. My other favorite character on the show is Lucky's dad. Pay I know you love Lucky's. I dad. love Lucky's dad. Pay attention to him because he just goes with whatever's happening. He's just like all right. Like he's a next door neighbor, yeah, and like I, I don't he see enough. He'll just dad play. He'll just yet. play along, and, and it's like poor, poor Lucky's dad all the time. Like he's my favorite character. One of my favorite characters on the show. 
It's so good. But yeah, I love that. Yeah. And like that 80s one. And it's yeah, like. It's wonderful. Way back. But it was so like. And she's wearing the She-Ra outfit. Yeah. I was yeah. like. And then I, I, I. Oh, I got a golden book. Oh, yeah. That have. I am Skeletor and I am He-Man. Nice. And so I'm reading them to Robert. And then Robert's kind of like. I am Skeletor. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> Do you hear I, the voice? <laughs> I don't always. But then it's like. <laughs> He-Man. <laughs> Uh, that was such a weird voice pick for him. I know, <laughs> and it's uh, Alan Oppenheimer. Is you think they did it to make it not not scary for kids? I don't was know. Was that the Maybe. goal? <laughs> but it was a weird voice but, pick. Yeah, yeah. He he did other voices too. What is it? Too? I don't know what else he did in He Man, but I know he did like that's like Warpath from the tank from Transformers. Like, whoa, Kablooey, yeah, and stuff. <laughs> but then he, yeah. Right, it's weird. I'll get you, He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a weird pick. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's Skeletor. I remember when I was, <laughs> when He-Man, well, he wasn't really making a comeback, but he kind of was or something. And I remember my, my, Cousin Erica, her son Ash, who's, you know, like old man now, but when he was like 10 or something, so this is like mm, late 2000s, and and so like Erica had a toy Skeletor, and she's like, I'll get you He-Man. That's great. And then he's like, that's not how Skeletor talks. <laughs> like, and she's like, oh yeah, it yeah, is. It sure is. And then I remember, what was it, like five, six years ago, like Honda had these commercials yeah. where the toys were alive, and then it, like, it was like, ah, it's Christmas. Remember when you wanted Skeletor? Ah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I did want Skeletor. That's how he sounds. <laughs> like, It's me, Skeletor. Remember the exaltation you felt when you got me for the holidays? I know that's not the real voice, but that's, well, that's a guy that's, trying that's, to be like Skeletor. That's exactly it. Yeah, everybody recognizes that. If you know, if you know, right? Uh, well, what, what's, which came first? He-Man came before Thundercats, yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He-Man was 1983, and I think Thundercats was 85. I was going to say, because if maybe Thundercats came first, because Mumra scared the crap out of me. Mumra! Yeah, that was ancient spirits of evil! Right, and I, th- I think that was a good voice, voice pick for Mumra. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I was like, maybe, maybe they... Like crowd tested Mumra and he scared a bunch of people and then so they're like okay well, oh no we gotta make Skeletor wussy yeah <laughs> <laughs> ancient spirits of evil <laughs> yeah so weird anyway all right you want to wrap this thing up let's wrap it up I gotta put my kids to bed <laughs> what I do gotta put that's my why kids you have to a bed. wife <laughs> I ditched my wife to put her kids to bed oh man I mean our kids, <laughs> yeah, our kids. they are mine they're <laughs> Uh, I know they are. Cause yeah, they sure are. I was going to say, but no, they're definitely your kids. Oh, no. Because Robert's like a total carbon copy. I feel yes. like Robert and I are going to have fights for like our whole life. Because they're identical personalities? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's some things yeah. that like Lisa like wants to smack me when Robert does. Yeah. Because there's this one time, I don't know if I put this on the podcast, but like... Like she's like, grab that towel off the stove and wipe oh, yeah, this up. Oh yeah, you told me. <laughs> and he's like, "There's no towel on the stove." She's like, "Go grab it. Don't listen." Rah, 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 rah. And he's like, "There's not a towel on the stove." I said, "Robert, grab the towel off the oven." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's one of the things she's weird with. It's like, oh, this is all the stove. No, yeah. the top's the stove. The bottom. The bottom's the oven. The oven. Yeah. That door with the handle where the towels are are part of the oven. Shut up. Don't tell me these days. <laughs> and it's like, I can't remember what I did, but like, I try not to do that. Well, 
See, this still. is this is a tea kettle. It's <laughs> not a teapot. So you boil water on a tea kettle, and, and the idea is you're supposed to pour it in a teapot, and then a teapot is where you pour it into the teacup. Yeah. And that's why when we pour our tea, our hot water into the teacups, it doesn't pour well because it's the kettle, not the pot. Uh, you pour it straight from the kettle into your cups? Yeah. I don't I'm, not, I'm not serving tea. Well, the queen's not coming over. <laughs> not now. Oh, oh too, too soon. soon. Too soon. Maybe the king will come over. I know. Okay, I got to put the belt. All right, well. All right, you want to say goodnight to everybody? I mean, um, thank you for listening to season three. Season four. Four. Season four. Yeah, season, season four. four. Welcome, season four. Yeah, I know. We usually start seasons in September, but you decided, uh, yeah, like, ah, oh, numbers. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. We're just see. I don't know how seasons work. So here we are, season four. Welcome, everybody. I know. Maybe so, September we'll do season five. We'll, we'll go through this from till summer, and it'll be season four in the September. I know. We'll have a break there. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, this was still enjoyable, even though we didn't have anything really cool to talk about. Yeah, Sorry, I didn't ramble good. on for 10 hours. <laughs> Only for like 25 minutes. If you want to know more about... Sorry, I'm going to drink more of your scotch before I go. Yes, good scotch too. Thanks, so, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I'm going to drink this and enjoy it. But if you want to know more about my Neil's Relegation League, because I've also come up with the simulated Neil's Relegation League, the one that I came up with with the simulations and all that stuff, it's fun. But Glenn Morangi, thanks for the Glenn Morangi uh, scotch, Jeff. Uh, this was Morangi. this was good. I, I don't know how to, how to say know, that. It's probably because of orange peels and licorice in here. Yeah, but that's uh, Glenn is is usually like the the name the beginning of like a city or a town or something like that. So the Glenn of Henderson. Exactly. I'm guessing that that's where this was from. So sorry for all the Scottish people who listen who I pronounce it incorrectly. I know. But uh, find us on social media, on Instagram. I'm going to put up some pictures of the cathedral. I'll see if I can get a picture of the um, the cross at St. Thomas More, too, so that way people yeah, know what we're talking about. Yeah, and then maybe even the, and the one in, um, all right, sorry, and the, the shrines, too. All yeah. right, well, all right. hit us up. I'll talk to you later. All, all right. right. Bye. I'm being called. Hey, right. hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Bye-bye. You funny fool, I've had it with your whining and bumbling.